0: Hello, and uh, wherever you are, I wish you well. I hope you have a great week or you had a great week and that you're going to have a great or even greater week coming up. So we have quite a lot of um, uh, things happening with us uh, this uh, next few uh, days. First of all, I think we talked about it quite a while here. We have uh, Saturn shifting a sign whenever we talked about it, a planet Moves in to a different house in your chart or to a different sign, it creates a great deal of turmoil, a great deal of change. It's um, as if we're changing a government. There's a lot of firing, there's a lot of hiring, there's a lot of uh, paper shredding, etc., etc. So we have a lot of celestial drama going upstairs, and of course, as above, so below, it manifests with us down here, and we're in between two major transits or ingresses as they say when planets moves into a new archetype so we have saturn like we said once every three years approximately it moves from one sign to the other it's moving now from aquarius into pisces and at the same time actually in four days pluto the lord of death and transformation a magic a banking other people's money other people's talents sirens is moving from Aquarius, a Capricorn, into Aquarius. So definitely, it's kind of rare that two very major planets that are associated with the extreme edge of the solar system, if you think about Saturn, Saturn was the border of the solar system up until we invented the telescope in the 18th century. So until then, Saturn was the The furthest planet you could see with your naked eye, which means that it represented the edge, the end of our solar system. That's why even in the Tree of Life, the highest sphere that is associated with a planet is understanding or Bina. And after that, there is no, I mean, there is wisdom that is associated with the whole zodiac and the crown, which is uh, not associated with any planet specifically. I I think that the crown, maybe one of the best ways, no, wisdom will be math. Yes, Bina will be math. Yeah, it's something beyond that. It's the oneness, you can say, a uh, crown. So, even in the Tree of Life, the, the highest sphere that it was associated with a planet uh, received Saturn, because of course, Kabbalah was developed before we developed the telescope. Obviously, after we have uh, managed to um, secure the ability to see further through the manipulation of lenses and so forth. Uh, especially was, it was developed by, wasn't invented, but developed by Galileo. And Galileo, of course, was an Aquarius, if you remember. And the first planet that was discovered was Uranus, which happened to be the ruler of Aquarius. So, you know, all right reserved to telescope to invent their own or to see their own planet uh, first. I think it's all poetic or celestial uh, poetry in a sense. Then we discovered Neptune in the middle of the 19th century, and finally Pluto, 1930. And Pluto nowadays represents, whether it's a planet, a dwarf planet, a half planet, a square, square planet, whatever, uh, it represents the edge of our solar system, beyond which the, mon- the, the monsters live. You know these old charts? Remember these charts that shows the old world, and beyond that in the sea, there were kind of these monsters coming up? Basically, it represents everything we do not know about. We're not saying there's nothing there. There could be America and so forth. We're just saying the monsters live there, things that are not um, drawn or discovered or uh, processed in a sense. It's all of the things that we don't understand, basically. So the same thing now we have beyond our Pluto. Beyond our Pluto are where the monsters are, the aliens, the things that we uh, do not know. So these two planets that represents the old gateway or the old fence and the new one, both of them are changing signs. It's almost as if there's a change of guards. And you know from movies, uh, always when we need to kind of penetrate uh, the castle or or a a kind of like storm the fortress, it's always good to do it between the changing of the guards because it's a more vulnerable time. Of course, the old guards are kind of tired and uh, wishing to go to bed and the new one probably were just woken up. If I remember from the army, you know, when they wake you up and say, okay, you now have to guard for four hours, you're kind of like half asleep. So these people are half asleep because they guarded the whole time. These people are half asleep because they just, um, they were sleeping. So that's the thing that's happening very similar now when the planets are moving from one sign to the other. It's like a little bit less of control, you can say. And that's why always when planets move from one sign to the other or in your chart specifically from one house to the other, it could be not in the middle of a sign or it could be happening, sorry, in the middle of the sign. Anytime this is happening, there is more turmoil. There is more that the things are popping up because, again, the guards are a little bit more sleepy. So think about it right now. Everything is going on with the banking. Everything that's going on around the world in general is because there is a change of guard. And it will take a little bit of time now because, again... If we're talking about the edge of the solar system with the naked eye or the edge of the solar system with telescopes and satellites, doesn't matter. We're talking about the reason why it's the edge. It's because it's the furthest away from the sun, therefore the furthest away from us. So it makes it very difficult, A, to understand and to see. But also it means that the orbits are not tiny orbits that go around the sun like this but very slow orbits that take a long time to go around the sun. Therefore, the period of transition of these planets from one sign to the other takes a mighty long time. For Pluto, it's going to take literally almost two years. Only at the end of 2024 will we settle down with Pluto in Aquarius. Before that, he's going to go back and forth between Aquarius and Capricorn, Aquarius and Capricorn. So that's going to make this last longer. What's happening with Saturn moving into Pisces, we're actually lucky it's moving into Pisces and it's going to stay there. Even though it's going to retrograde all the way down to zero, zero uh, Pisces, it's not going to be entering Aquarius. So in that sense, the the transition of Saturn into Pisces, I'm not going to say it's smooth. It's definitely not smooth, but at least it's going to be a storm that lasts a few months, maybe a year instead of like... Longer because it's going to go back and forth, back and forth. So the idea is that we have to learn patience. Yeah, that's what you do with uh, the doorkeepers of anything, uh, any kind of, um, um, let's say, enclosure, enclosure, even if it is the solar system. So we just have to kind of breathe into it and wait for it to move on. So that's kind of uh, what's going on right now. If you didn't notice living on Earth, uh, if you uh, were in some kind of, a space that was not aware that we are making through major changes and the world is going a little bit crazy, then either you're well-protected or uh, ill-informed. Anyway, what we're going to look at today, because this week is very, very important. It's a very powerful, auspicious week. We have a lot of things happening at the same time. First of all, we are having the Astrological New Year happening on Tuesday, sorry, Monday, Monday we have the astrological new year happening, Monday, Tuesday, depends where you are in the world, and at the same time we're having the new moon in Aries, we're going to talk about it today, it's the biblical new year. This makes this week and this new this, um, sol- this equinox very, very special because not only we have the solar calendar, the equinox is always related to the solar calendar, but we also have the lunar calendar, the new moon in Aries, converging together in at least their meaning, because the equinox is representing the astrological new year, and the new moon in in uh, Aries represents the biblical new year. So, or the new year according to uh, the Sumerian and the Babylonian, which, with all due respect, were the masters or lords of time. They basically gave us astrology. They gave us uh, time. They gave us the twelve hours, the twenty-four hours, the thirty days in a month, and so forth. So. Come on, we need to give them some respect about understanding time. And if these people that really charted time in the sense that they gave every day a certain meaning, clusters of days into signs and so forth, they've decided that the spring equinox in the northern hemisphere represents the New Year. So, and they consider to be the holiest of holiest days. It is the day when you start reciting the Enuma Elish. Basically, it's kind of the Bible of the Babylonian, the story of creation, which basically means up high or there up high. That's what Enuma Elish means. And they started a recitation on that day. So, <clears throat> that's something that uh, we need to honor so that's happening on the equinox we'll talk about it i sent an email about it and it's on my website also under learn if you scroll down you'll see the blogs the blogs always fall there but i usually send you guys uh, the information even in the email i'm going to send you this recording at the bottom it says read more or read continue reading or something like that if you click on it you'll see the um what i've wrote a few days ago about the equinox because it's extremely important to honor the equinox you don't care so much about astrology you can't follow up the signs and everything okay fine no worries do follow the equinox the spring equinox the south equinox the north equ- sorry The uh, spring, the fall equinox, the uh, winter and summer solstice, these are the four days that are the skeleton of the year and the skeleton of all the religious holidays that you experience and that you celebrate. Doesn't matter if you're a Buddhist, a Hindi, a Muslim, Jew, pagan, it doesn't really matter. All of those holidays will be dressed upon the skeleton of astrology and especially the skeleton of the equinoxes and the solstices. So this week, we have Pluto moving into Aquarius, once in 250 years. Last time, the French Revolution, the uh, Industrial Revolution. And if you go back 2,000 years ago, it was when the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed, the second one. So, yeah, it is coming into uh, all these places are going to be in the spotlights. If you think about what's going on with France now, you know, France, France is now dealing with um, the retirement age, two years here, two years there it seems to be irrelevant to you. But it's um, bringing the people to the street, the same street that they were demonstrating last time Pluto was in Aquarius during the French Revolution. So that's happening there in Israel. If you think about it, yes, the. Third the temple, you can call Israel maybe the third temple, the first one built by Solomon, you know, supposedly a thousand, no, 900 or 950 BCE. Then we had the second temple uh, resurrected uh, after the Jews came back from their diaspora from Babylon. The Persians released them. You know, at that time, Persians were considered to be the best friends of um, Israel. You'll see how things change, you know, but maybe there is something between the two countries, and eventually it will be so that uh, the current demonstration in Israel will win and that the women's demonstration in Iran will win, then there could definitely be some uh, nice correspondence uh, the same way it was when the Persian Empire allowed the Jews around 500 BCE to return back and to build their second temple. Herod, Herod later on made it one of the most impressive buildings in the ancient world. And then the Romans came when Pluto was in Aquarius and destroyed it. But it's really not them that destroyed it. The destruction was done from within Jerusalem. Fractions in Jerusalem were fighting with each other. Precisely what is happening right now. We actually have these demonstrations also spread from Tel Aviv to Haifa and to uh, beersheba and to other places in, in Israel and especially Jerusalem. So you see that the cycles are repeating themselves, even the locations that were very dominant during the last time Pluto was in Aquarius, are coming back into the front, you know, so that's part of it, so all of this is uh, starting this week, no, it's enhancing this week, it's getting into the third or fourth or fifth or sixth or seventh gear, so again, let's look at what's happening today, we're having, what is it, March 19, we have the sun and Neptune conjunct. I mean, the sun already left Neptune, so uh, Neptune is saying bye-bye, but still Neptune is in Pisces. The sun is in Pisces. The moon is shifting today into Pisces, so there is definitely today, tomorrow, and Tuesday a very Piscean day. Actually, Tuesday is going to be shifting, and like I said, because of the equinox and because the new moon in Aries, but for now, until Monday, to yesterday today is the moon in Pisces and the moon in Pisces is an instinct about imagination mysticism just remember that there's one place where you might be more challenged when the moon is in Pisces which is boundaries the ability to basically say uh, enough is enough or stop now overall um, if we look at sorry I had to uh shift something yeah I'm back again Uh, If we need to look at specific dates, uh, uh, sorry, today the moon on top of Saturn just means a little bit more heavy. So if you wake up with a hangover, if you wake up a little bit more uh, sad, a little bit more sick, a little bit more uh, heavy in general, it's the moon on top of Saturn. It just makes everything a little bit more sluggish, a little bit more heavy. So again, don't take it personally. Uh, It's got nothing to do with you. Mercury is shifted into Aries. I think we talked about it last time. It actually is happening today. March nineteenth. So for the next three weeks, we're going to have Mercury in Aries. It's uh, basically shooting before you um, uh, even aim or before you identify your mark. It's a lot of times saying things that you later on regret, but it's a lot of times saying things that I wanted to say for a long time and I was afraid to. So Mercury in Aries is can be blunt. It could be very straightforward. And we're shifting the whole energy from Piscean into Arian, from water into fire, from ending into beginning, from completion into a new lead so it's kind of exciting because Mercury is the first you know Mercury is like the scout he's going first and checking out to see if the land of Aries is safe enough for the sun to come and visit in a in in Monday end of Monday beginning of Tuesday the sun is going to join Mercury in Aries and they're going to have a very powerful thrust of energy in Aries this week because we have Vesta We have uh, Jupiter, we have Chiron, we have Mercury, and we're soon going to have the sun and we're going to have the moon, all of them in Aries. It's definite. If you have a baby being born this week, it's going to be a super Aries. That's why I wrote our our word uh, S uh, for super Aries. And be, be, it's going to be a, a week which it is really good to start new things. So, again, be careful because we're getting into the shadow of Mercury when? In April 7. April 7, we're going to get into the shadow of Mercury retrograde. So... We definitely have to be a little bit more aware of things after April 7th. So up till April 7, no retrograde. As you can see, the chart is clean, no eclipses. So this is a great time to initiate things, especially because we have all that Aries energy, which is not only helping us know who we are, but also where we are and where we want to be. That's the gift of Aries, basically. Leadership and initiation, the GPS of the Zodiac, in a sense. So... Mercury in Aries for the next three weeks. It can be very blunt. It can be very intense. It can be very much about arguments and sometimes willful people. But the idea is that if you know what you want, you can actually make it happen. And especially with Jupiter, the giver of gifts is in Aries as well as Vesta. Remember that Jupiter and Vesta are going to be conjunct this week. Things that have to do with tradition, things that have to do with your own tradition. You know, you have your own tradition that every, I don't know, Tuesday you go on a run. Great. Everything that has to do with your traditions is coming back and enhanced and can benefit you. So it's not an idea that you have to go back and uh, if you're a, a Christian, start reading the New Testament or if you're a Muslim, start reading the Quran from scratch. I'm not saying unnecessarily it's tradition in that sense. It's whatever is keeping you the flame, whatever keeps your inner flame alive, that's tradition so if you know that yoga always makes you feel good even if you hate doing it okay that's your tradition focus on that or if you know that um you know that you should do intermittent fasting because that makes you feel the best the day after and you have a very important meeting uh, tomorrow then stick to it any kind of traditional things things that you've tested in the past that worked really well for you is very good for you this week Or it could be that suddenly this week, you discover some of these traditions that you didn't even know that you have that uh, works for you very well. So... I would really recommend that, and this week especially, because Chiron, Jupiter, and Vesta are all linked together this week in Aries, so it's all about you, and it's all about your body, it's about your identity, and it's about your ability to push things forward and make things happen, so that's definitely what is happening this week. Um, If we look at tomorrow, March 20th, it's a Monday, and the moon is in Pisces, and we have a kind of stalemate between Pisces and Aries, ending things, beginning new things, uh, they kind of fade in and fade out, that Pisces and Aries energy, so Monday and Tuesday is the fade in, fade out, instead of having a jump cut when uh, suddenly we're in fire, we're kind of in water, the water getting a little bit warmer, it's getting more like a jacuzzi, we get out and things will um, uh, start happening, okay, so uh, that will be very, very powerful and very positive. So the idea is that we're shifting into that energies from Pisces into Aries, and it's good to make a a flow of it. So, for example, Monday, I would really focus on meditation. Aries, uh, coming in Tuesday, I will focus on action. So, for example, in your meditation even, maybe today, tomorrow, do passive meditation, where you basically sit down and allow things to happen through you, uh, try to be less, in a sense. Uh, And in Tuesday... Wednesday, maybe you could focus more on active meditation when you have something of a goal in your head that you're kind of imagining or creative visualization that will really work well as the fade in fade out between Pisces and Aries. So, Monday, moon in Pisces, just flow with things. Don't be too controlling. We'll have time for control. Don't worry. The moon in Pisces on Monday and Tuesday is going to be squaring Mars. So, that could be a little bit tough. So, the moon is going to square Mars. Neptune is squaring Mars. Sun is squaring Mars. Mars ain't happy. And Mars, I mean, this is his month, with all due respect. We're in March. So, Mars unhappy is not very good for us. Now, Mars has been in a Gemini since August of 2022. Then remember, it was retrograde uh, all the way from October 31st to um, middle of January. So Mars was in Gemini for a long, long time. It was uh, very heady. It was causing a lot of up and down issue in binary, um, binary issues, let's call it, because Gemini is binary. So no wonder the chatbots were very aggressive. Remember, we talked about it, uh, the crazy uh, um, uh, cyber fatal that we talked about with the uh, GDP bo- bots and all that. Uh, also, the feeling that there is friction. Remember I told you Mars in Gemini always talks about civil war or fighting within uh, their own country, and you can see it very well happening around the world in different locations. So in a few, in, I think in a week or so, Mars is going to move away from uh, Gemini into Cancer, which is his fallen sign. But it's going to be a little bit of a so it, a cooling things. You know, it's almost like your iPhone uh, was heated very strongly and now it needs to cool off. Yeah, we're not going to put it in the water to cool off, but maybe we can put a little bit of ice around. So that's what's going to happen to Mars when it moves into Cancer, but we'll talk about it in a second. So the idea is that tomorrow and Tuesday—no, only tomorrow we have our man, uh, moon in uh, Aries— yeah, in Pisces. And the biggest thing that's happening is on Tuesday, on Tuesday, March 21. Eh, of course, this is the hours of uh, universal time. But you can have to adjust it to your own place where you live. But the idea is that the equinox is actually falling on March 21st. It usually does March 20 or 21st, depends where you are in the world. But it's interesting. It's happening this week on this year on Tuesday. And Tuesday is ruled by Mars, hence Martes. So it is interesting that we have Mars, the god of war, ruling Aries. We have the new moon in Aries on Tuesday when God said in Genesis two times it is good. So it's considered to be a blessed day, even if it's ruled by Mars. And we have the equinox happening at the same time. It's definitely the convergence of the day of the week, Martes, Mars, uh, the month, March, Then the equinox, which always falls on March, which is the beginning of the astrological new year, and the new moon in Aries, which is completely different. It's a lunar calendar, and they're all converging together for us this year. It means that we definitely need a big push forward. Otherwise, we wouldn't have all these convergences. So as you can see from the chart on Tuesday, we have a big shift from Pisces, which is receptive into Aries, which is active and energized. So that's going to be leading us March 21st, March 22nd. 21st, now, March 21st, I really recommend doing something special for yourself for that day. Just plan something special. I planned it uh, by doing my, uh, teach my class that I love teaching about um, the power of the name. Why? Because we have a double Aries energy on Tuesday. Aries keyword is I am when I ask somebody who you are usually they answer I am Gal or I am Ruth or whatever your name is or whatever your identity is. So the I am is identity and that's why we're going to have the power of the name class to Tuesday uh, you're more than welcome to join. I'm going to have a recording and also we're going to do then a meditation for the equinox that relates to your name. So that's what we're going to do Tuesday. You can't do it or you don't care about these things. I totally understand. You don't want to do it. Fine. Do something yourself that represents a balance between the masculine and feminine. I sent about it that email so you can definitely read it. And again, with the recording, you're going to get it. And if you're on Instagram, you can always go to my website under learn. You scroll down, you'll see all the blogs, Or you can just click on the link from my bio and you'll get uh, the recording. So the idea is that on Tuesday, March 21, you want to balance, you want to mimic uh, the atmosphere you want to sorry you want to mimic the celestial environment that we have that's a whole thing about astrology it's learning how to dance to the rhythm of the stars mm, that's actually a good definition of astrology that's the real dancing with the stars they stole it from astrology so the idea is that you're dancing with the stars and that means that you're dancing to the rhythm of this uh, perfect music of the spheres you know and the mu- and the, and the, the rhythm is represented by the planets their signs the uh, uh, links that they have, you know, because it's like two tangos, uh, dancers, so it can be the moon and the sun, but their uh, aspects and their geometrical location, you can say in the chart, is if they're distant from each other or holding each other or flipping each other or she's going under his legs or you're going around, that's the dancing. And the more you can dance with it, the more you mimic what's happening up there, the easier it will be to flow down here. So remember, as above, so below is the basis of astrology. So if you know that in the equinox we have a balance between masculine and feminine, you need to look inside of your own life and see where am I very active, Uh, Where am I very receptive? Maybe in my relationship, I'm very active, I'm very controlling, but in my work, I'm too receptive. Okay, maybe I could bring some of my receptiveness from my work into the relationship and learn how to trust and from my control from my relationship to bring it a little bit more into my work. That means balancing those two things because we all are creatures of action, fire, and reception, water, yin-yang, whatever you want to call it. So on that day of the equinox, something is balanced because the day and the night are equal, hence the equinox, the name equinox. So we know that it's a time where up there or down here, there is this balance between the yin and the yang, the action and reception, the balance between winter and summer. So that's the idea of the first day of spring in the northern hemisphere. So try to do something similar that represent that dynamic between action reception or uh, talking and listening, um, writing and reading, whatever you can um, find ways that you can balance the above and the below, the left and the right, uh, workers and employees, sorry, employees and bosses, you know, everything that is in the idea of opposition, if you can find ways on Tuesday to balance them or to recognize them at least. I don't know, for example, even in your diet, how much acid are you eating, acidica food to compare to how much um, um, you're dealing with alkaline food, you know? So the more you can, how much vegetables compared to how much uh, fruits, uh, any kind of duality, try to see, uh, to identify it. And maybe on Tuesday, it will come a little bit more blunt at you uh, in order to get them into some form of balance. So uh, Tuesday, Tuesday, as you can see the new moon in Aries and the new moon in Aries the uh Sabian symbol of that very auspicious new moon is going to be a woman has risen out of the ocean a seal is embracing her and I don't think it means the seal the animal I think it means uh, the uh sign or the the you know the seal like they had the seal on um envelopes and so forth so she's marked by something you can even call it um some form of ancestral karma maybe or something that has happened in the past that sealed her so even though she's coming out of the water which is very venus you know we know that venus came out of the water because she came out of the uh uh, spread testicles of uranus her father Mm, yeah anyway he's not really a father, but anyway the idea is that a The feminine energy is coming out of the water and yet, even though it's the first day of Aries, which is kind of interesting, and think about it, that symbol is supposed to be one of the most important symbols of the year because the new year of astrology happens on zero zero aries and zero zero aries sabian symbol that symbol that represents it in one image is a woman has risen out of the ocean i like that fact that it has risen because it sounds like a resurrection it sounds like a reappearance just like in the story of jesus which of course was an aries and his celebration will come very soon after passover But again, we're moving now for 30 years into the realm of Aries. And the realm of Aries is all about liberation, freedom, coming out of bondage. Uh, That's why the barley holidays that were celebrated usually on the 21st of March, because barley in the Near East is the first grain that actually emerges out of the earth and basically... deletes the fear of hunger that we have in winter or during winter. So during winter, we have to really be stingy and really be careful and really be planned and very strategized in order to survive. The minute the barley starts coming up, we know that we somehow made it. So the barley celebration later on became associated with liberation, with freedom, with coming out of oppression, coming out of depression, coming out of the winter blues. Winter blues is whatever confines us. What is the name of confinement? Metzahim in Hebrew. Mitzrayim is a country, Egypt. uh, That's what it means. It's the land of the Straits. It's not because of the Suez Straits. That's a a little bit um, later. We're talking about the Nile that is just like this very tiny, narrow strip of uh, fertility running through that very harsh desert of Egypt. Uh, That's why, by the way, for the Egyptian, red was the color of evil, not black, because red represented uh, the desert that is beyond the blessing of the Nile. So again, we're coming out of that constrated uh, place that we have, or just the Nile to drink from, just uh, whatever we had in winter collected, and now we can come into the delta that flows into the sea, very fertility and full of um, earth. So there is some resurrected hope that is coming on March 21st, especially because it It's also the new moon in Aries. So that's a great day to plant a new seed, to start some new project, uh, to begin something new. Again, it's two converging energies of new beginning. The the astrological new year, always on the equinox, and the new moon in Aries, which begins the month of Nisan in the Akkadian uh, uh, calendar, in the ancient calendar of the Sumerian and the Babylonian. And Nisan in the old languages means basically... It's associated at least with Kabbalah, with miracles, and it's the letter, the Hebrew letter for Aries, which begins this Tuesday, is Hey, and Hey is the abbreviation of God, so it makes represents the spark of God inside of you. So this is a month where you can communicate with the ambassador of the divine within you. So that's uh, on Tuesday. Wednesday, the moon continues uh, in in, uh, Aries, and you can see the the flow or or how much planets, the stellium that we have in Aries. We have the sun in Aries, Mercury in Aries, Moon in Aries, Chiron in Aries, Jupiter in Aries, Minerva in Aries. And from July, we're going to have the North Node in Aries. So there's definitely an Arian uh, year. So in one sense, it's liberation. In the other sense, it's a lot of conflicts and war and um, aggression. But we're moving through Mercury's in Aries. It's actually good for business. It's actually good for businesses that need a little bit more power to push forward. The moon on top of um, uh, Chiron and top of Jupiter on Wednesday is a very good day for studying, for learning, for teaching, for healing. Uh, there could be some issues in the family that comes up on that day, or some emotional things that come up that could be a little bit more um, intense. But overall, we have Venus in uh, Capric in Taurus, which is actually very good for finance, so it can really help. I think that she's really helping us deal with the whole banking situation. And Mars, you can see it's getting to the edge of Gemini, almost done. But Mars and, and Neptune and still are having a hard time. I mean, they're going to have a hard time for a while until Mars moves into Cancer. And they're going to have a great time together. Uh, but what we have is um, Venus ending its conjunction with the North Node. So it was a lot of fated time in the last few days with relationships. On Thursday, the moon is still in Aries and it's going to come very, very close to the North Node. When the moon touches the North Node once a month, it's always a kind of a blessing. It means that you're downloading a little uh, gift, a little skill, a little memory, maybe a person from a past life. So it's always giving us a direction also for what our soul wants to learn. So on Thursday, you might get some lessons about what is it that your soul wants you to learn in this life. And the Jupiter, uh, uh, conjuncting with um, um, Vesta, is there, strong, uh, on top of the moon. It's actually a good day on Wednesday and and Thursday for real estate. Friday, March twenty-four. the moon is moving exo- to her exalted state, and so we have the North Node in Taurus, we have Venus in Taurus, we have the moon in Taurus, we have Uranus in Taurus, a lot of sparkling new ideas, a lot of innovation, uh, a lot of... Um, um, Positive energy, especially around technology, science, and the connection to art. So it's going to be an interesting day where there is art, communication uh, linked together with technology, innovation, and awakening of something, and maybe even something waking up for you on Friday, especially in connection to relationship. Look, in Friday, we have Venus in Tours, which she loves to be, the Moon in Taurus, which she loves to be, and they're together, one on top of each other. It's a great feminine day. It's a great day for women to hang out together, older women with younger women, And in general, it's very artistic. And that Aries just pushes you much more towards Taurus. You see how we abandon Pisces almost completely and we move towards Taurus and towards Aries, the first first few signs or the first two signs. And the first two signs represents the pure energy of spring in the Northern Hemisphere. On March 25, uh, we have... Oh, wait, I missed that uh, auspicious day. Oh, my God. Yeah, on Thursday... The twenty third and the twenty fourth is when Pluto moves into Aquarius. Uh, That's a kind of a big deal. You You should expect something in the news, even though, you know, I told you this whole thing with the banking, we'll talk about it in a second, is definitely Pluto in Aquarius. We talked about it so much times here. I talked about it in the book of 2023. I told you guys, Pluto, when he moves to a different sign, he always creates some kind of recession, some kind of um, blow up, especially with banks, because Pluto rules other people's money, other people's talents. Where do you put your other people's money, other people's talents? It's taxes, it's uh, insurance, it's uh, investments in, in inheritance, and it's also everything that is to do with banking. And when Pluto moves a sign, I told you, the change of government a change of uh um, guards in a sense so of course nobody's guarding the banks bang they come down so that was going on last week very much here in the united states in switzerland of course i'm sure it's going to have ripple effects in england and other places so the idea is that all places of um you can say centers of banking are now going through some kind of transition um I think that what really helps us and I told uh, I talked about it in the book is that the North Node is in Taurus because North Node in Taurus does talk about flow energy with finance or flowing energy with uh, beauty design talents art all of those things that Pluto represent uh, that Taurus represent. So that energy is definitely giving us a help especially with the moon and Venus um this week at least in Taurus. As you can see, like I told you, on the 25th of uh, March, on Saturday, Mars is moving into Cancer. He's going to be there for a few weeks, uh, almost a month. He's not happy in Cancer, but it's okay because he's coming out of Gemini. So he's been pushing Gemini, giving Gemini a lot of engine to move forward. Now he's going to move into Cancer. It's more about action, passion, and movement, connecting to compassion, healing, health care anything to do with home and family so that's where your mars is going to be focused on right now uh, a little bit hopefully uh, less no actually mars in cancer is still problems at home because uh, i wanted to say less problem between siblings or less civil wars but it's not the case because mars in cancer could actually make it worse so i would say that definitely the um uh, demonstrations at least in Israel also in uh, in, in Paris if they're going to continue in France they're going to get more violent and I think they're going to get more violent from inside so we definitely with Pluto moving into Aquarius and Mars being in Cancer those Mars and Pluto both of them are the rulers of um, Scorpio there is going to be more unfortunately there's going to be more bloodshed I think with places that have demonstrations um, unfortunately yes now that I look at it Sunday, March 26, is when the moon is moving into Gemini, and um, we have the, yeah, Mercury is on top of Chiron. There could be some issues next Sunday with business, but most people are not working on uh, Sunday, at least in Israel. They do, but Mercury on top of Aquarius could be words that you regret saying, words you regret not saying. Sometimes, because it's in Aries, it can be a little bit more hurting or more wars coming from words from posts from likes from dislikes so just be a little bit careful how you communicate next sunday i hope i remember what uh, that message so just to pay attention to it and uh, the in general there's not that much oppositions happening saturday sunday but there's definitely a lot of square square basically means uh, conflicts, um aggression so let's see uh, what we have uh, what i prepared uh, for you some of the things we can um, talk about right now uh, where is that so yeah so just to remind you tomorrow so Saturday Tuesday I have a class on uh, March 31st we're gonna have the Kabbalah workshops on how to manifest your wishes with your with Kabbalah it's gonna be three hours and we're limiting the amount of participants so we can go over your wishes one by one and on uh, May 19, I'm going to do an in-person class in, you know, in um, uh, Los Angeles, if you're here, about uh, numerology and the wisdom of the numbers. So it's interesting. I saw this article in uh, the New York Times, and it immediately it's always nice to meet astrology uh, through the writing of people that most likely either never bothered with astrology or don't even believe in astrology. So this is uh, what I call back to the 90s. Uh, the last aspect of Saturn in Aquarius so this is from the New York Times open AI that's the company behind the major uh, uh, the chatbot in Bing. Or the Bing one that called himself Sydney. Remember the one that fell in love with the article, with the, the journalist we talked about two weeks ago. Open AI's progress has, within just a few months, landed a technology, the technology industry in one of the most unpredictable moments in decades. Many industry leaders believe development in artificial intelligence represents a fundamental technology shift. As important as the creation of the web browsers... In early 1990s, the rapid uh, improvement has stunned computer scientists. And this was released by New York Times on Pi Day. Remember, we talked about Pi Day last week being awfully important, uh, the connection between the infinite and the finite. And what he's basically telling us is that OpenAI is the gift of Saturn in Aquarius. Sorry, not OpenAI. Artificial intelligence and the chatbots are the gift of Saturn in Aquarius. Last gift, they told us. Last time Saturn was in Aquarius, early 1990s. Yes, 1990, 91, 92. That was the early 90s. That's when WWW was coined. That's when the first files that were passed on the internet, that was the gift that was given to us next time Saturn was in Aquarius, 2020 until now, helped us deal with the pandemic. What will help us deal with the next 30 years? Remember, I talked about it even in the book. I talked about it here many times that we prepare every time Saturn is in Aquarius. It's preparing us for the next time it's going to be in Aquarius, which is 30 years. And I was wondering what it will be. We thought maybe it's the vaccines or the technology of the vaccines that was developed. Maybe it will be. But most likely, because that's the gift of Saturn before he leaves us, is the artificial intelligence. Around 2018, the article continues, companies like Google, OpenAI began building neural networks that learned from enormous amount of digital text, including books, Wikipedia articles, chat logs, and other information posted to the Internet. They are called large language models, LLMs. I think we talked about it when we talked about Lambda that was developed by Google that later on became uh, Bard. But around 2018, huh? 2018. What did it happen in 2018? Well, Uranus, the ruler of Aquarius, moved into Taurus for the first time in 84 years. It's going to be there until 2016. And remember we talked about, 2026, sorry, how from 2018, officially from May of 2018, But even stronger in 2019, March of 2019, because Uranus goes back and forth, back and forth, is when Uranus, for the first time in 84 years, the ruler of Aquarius, settled in Taurus, which is all about finance. It's all about practical things. It's all about economy. And of course, this is going to change the way Google, Microsoft works and how they make money. Another thing that by pinpointing billions of patterns in all the text, the LLM learned to generate text on its own, including tweets, poems, and computer programs. It's interesting the aspect that it's also creating art, and art is definitely ruled by Taurus. What happened on Pi Day? Um... Yeah, on Pi Day, that's from CNN. So I just wanted to kind of uh, show you different places what they were talking about as the last few days of Saturn in Aquarius because we have to remember it in 30 years, if we're still here, that this is what Saturn in Aquarius bequests us. On Tuesday, Pi Day, OpenAI announced the next generation version of artificial intelligence technology that underpins its, underpins its vital, its viral chatbot tool, ChatGPT. A more powerful GPT-4 potentially can change the way we use the Internet to work, play, and create. But it could also add challenging questions around how the AI tools can append profession, enable students to teach, cheat, and shift our relationship with technology. Of course, because this is Saturn in Aquarius. Saturn is rectification, change. Aquarius is technology, innovation, groups, people, communities everything that has to do with also um, digital energy. So that's definitely that. Now, I was thinking about the banking thing and, and how all of this is related. And then I thought, you know what? It's kind of interesting because from December of 2021 until July 2023, we are having the south node in Scorpio. Now, while Taurus is finance, Scorpio is other people's finance. Okay, Scorpio is the opposite sign of Taurus. So Scorpio has always been associated. Of course, it's the ruler of Scorpio. It's Pluto. I just mentioned that Pluto is moving a sign. I also mentioned that Pluto is the lord of banking. That's why when Pluto moved from Sagittarius uh, to Capricorn, we shifted the energy and we had a big recession happen. You know, the grand recession or the uh, our big recession. Yeah, the big recession we have. Uh, we had two thousand eight. Two thousand and eight. And now Pluto is moving to another sign. And we thought that we're going to sail through without recession, maybe. But now the banking started showing up and everybody's saying, "Okay, it looks like we're going to have a recession. And this week, it's interesting because right on the solstice, uh, the Feds here at least have to decide if they're raising the, the rates, the interest rate or not. Some people think that the rise of the interest rate might have caused or helped cause these banking issues, even though it most likely not. It doesn't matter, but if the feds now are saying we're not going to raise it as we thought we're going to raise, they're basically saying, yes, there is a big problem and everybody's going to pull their money out and there's going to be a problem because economy is more, I mean, economics is more about psychology than actually money. But if they don't do anything and it was the interest rate, and everybody's going to tell them it's your fault. It's kind of like an interesting thing that it's all converging now this week. But anyway... um, Right on March 15, the Ides, beware of the Ides of Mars, a march, remember we talked about it last week, is precisely when uh, Creed Swiss, uh, which faced uh, other woes, so back, so its stock fall like 4th, 24% 24% on March 15, Silicon Valley Bank on March 9th so a 42 billion in deposits flee in that day. Think about it, March 9, it's one day after Saturn moved from Aquarius into Pisces, they're talking about here escaping, right? Was that the word, escape? Um, deposit flee yeah it's kind of interesting the choice of word from the economist Uh, silicon valley bank on march 9 actually i can translate it to silicon valley bank two days after saturn moved away from pisces the sign that is known for escapism so 42 billion in deposit flee in a day you know that's kind of on the nose i would say you know, that's definitely Saturn in Pisces. Somehow Saturn in Aquarius managed to kind of keep it uh, tracked. And then the minute Saturn moved into Pisces, bloop, uh, the floodgate opened. Fully $229 billion has been wiped off the market value of American uh, banks. So far this month, a fall of 17%. Definitely in- interesting. And the first bank to fail were the cryptocurrency-focused Silvergate Bank. So that's also interesting because we talked about the cryptocurrency- ice age that started already in the eclipses of Scorpio that was happening uh, October, November of last year. And this south node in Scorpio, what it basically talks about is that south node is what we need to let go of, what we need to discharge, what we need to cut away from. So we need to cut away from banking or certain kind of banking or certain style of banking. And that's precisely this new, this south node in Scorpio. Don't forget that in 2018, when Uranus moved into Pluto, which we mentioned just a second ago. It's when Trump actually destroyed or or cut away the regulation that would have prevented this situation from happening. So you see, again, Uranus, the joker, the fool in Taurus, which talks about finance. He talks about economy and how it can radiate later on when Saturn moves away from the sign that Uranus rules and moved into Pisces, while Pluto, the lord of uh, banking, is moving into the sign that is ruled by that same Uranus that moved into Taurus, which is the sign of banking, in 2018. I hope uh, that makes sense. So that was, uh, what I wanted to share. Ah, oh, no, wait. What do we have... Um Uh, Yeah, we'll talk about next week. This is the sentence, by the way, from where I told you that God himself said to the people when they left Egypt that the new year should start on the new moon in Aries and not the new moon in Libra, which is what the rabbis later on decided uh, that their word is more important than God's word. And they kind of, you know, made uh, some kind of excuses. But basically what they wanted to do is to join the a civil New Year that was going on in the Near East at that time. It's kind of like, go together with everybody, like the rabbis today maybe will decide, you know what, let's start in January 1st. But uh, the biblical New Year is very blunt, and it's actually located in Exodus chapter 12, which is kind of interesting. Sentence number one, the first stanza in the twelfth chapter is telling you where you should start the year that has twelve signs or twelve months, and it says very bluntly and by, I'm not reading it in Hebrew, and the Lord spoke unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, "This month because it was uh, Nisan, this month shall be unto you the beginning of month, it shall be the first month of the year to you." Now, the Bible is very short with words. The fact that it's repeating itself twice is like saying, hey, guys, uh, this this month, this month, right now, okay, it will be your beginning of the month. Okay, just remember, it shall be the first month, okay, of the year to you. So it's like God is saying the same thing twice, uh, just to make sure the idiots heard it. And... It's interesting because I was writing the email yesterday uh, in a coffee shop and when I got my number, I actually got the number 12. Here you can see me writing the uh, uh, article uh, that you have on my Cosmic Navigator so you can uh, get it. But it's always nice to get uh, confirmations. So this is the um, new moon chart that we're going to have on Tuesday, 5 p.m. London time. You can calculate it wherever you are. Uh, and you see zero zero degrees the moon and the sun and when you have remember the degrees are very important zero zero basic means the joker the fool again an idea of new beginning that is happening so not only it's the new moon it's the new moon that falls on the first few seconds or minutes as we move into aries and always a sign is concentrated really strongly in the first 10 uh, degrees of the uh sign so always it's the pure energy, the forceful energy. It's like it's crying. It's like a baby coming and not coming quietly. It's coming crying and we know, oh, the baby is born. So let's see um, if there are any questions. Um, yeah, if you're not able to attend it, yeah, you always get it. You should just look in spam. Um Why do you think is Jupiter appearing in Pisces in Skyview? Yeah, don't forget that there is a difference between the astrological signs and the constellations. The sign and the constellation were the same when Babylonians were inventing, or let's say Sumerian and Babylonians were working with astrology. So if you would look on the 21st of March right now, into the sky, beyond uh, the sun, and to see where the sun is, what is behind the sun, you would see Aries. What's happening, because we have the planet Earth tilted 23 degrees, something that astrologers knew for 2,000 years already, it wobbles, and therefore that's why we have the ages, age of Aquarius, the age of Pisces, all that. It's because whatever is the constellation that will be, above the sun on the spring equinox in the northern hemisphere. So it used to be Aries. Therefore when you look at the sky on 21st of um, March, you would see the beginning of the constellation of Aries. because we moved into the edge of Pisces from about zero until now we would see Pisces there. And now we're starting to see the edge of Aquarius because we're moving into the edge of Aquarius. That's why Jupiter is now supposed to be in Aries in astrology. But what you see in the sky is that it's in Pisces. I hope it doesn't make uh, that it, uh, makes sense. I know it's a little bit complicated, but uh, thanks, you, thank guys, for everybody for spending time with me on a Sunday. Um, I hope to see you in one of the classes tomorrow on the 31st or May 19th. We added another class uh, on uh, Bible stories for April 20th in um, uh, Los Angeles, though. It's not going to be online. But thanks a lot. I wish you amazing uh, biblical New Year, amazing uh, astrological New Year, amazing whatever uh, this week, a transit uh, to uh, Pisces. And I really... Wish you a balanced and happy equinox.